0: Hey there. Welcome to Brass Taxes. It's me, Caroline Craighead. We have a great episode for you today. Uh, Our guests are Miles Kane and Elizabeth Zephyrine McDonough, uh, who we refer to in this episode as Zeph. Uh, She's a writer, actress, and director whose work has appeared in The New Yorker, on Comedy Central, and Full Frontal with Samantha Bee. Uh, And Miles is a director and editor, whose work includes uh, the documentary Voyeur, which is out now on Netflix, and the recent series on HBO, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. We'll introduce them in a little bit, and uh, before we do that, I'll bring in Russ Garofalo. But first things first, I have to tell you that if you have not gotten your taxes done, You have an extra month. Uh, The tax deadline has been moved to May 17th, 2021. Uh, So that gives you a whole extra month to get to it. Brass Taxes, of course, is here to help you get your taxes done. If you haven't worked with us before, you can use the code POD25 to get $25 uh, discounted from your fee. Head to BrassTaxes.com to get started and learn more and all that good stuff. If you're not already following this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform, please go ahead and do that. Uh, We've got a few more episodes for you this season. And yeah, share it with your friends. Leave us a review. All that stuff is so generous, so nice. All right, I'm going to bring in Russ Garofalo. Uh, He's got another update for you. If you are waiting on your return to be filed because of the crazy changes that are coming down the line... uh, (laughs) then uh, he's got a little update for you. I know a lot of our clients are in New York, and New York is uh, doesn't have it all figured out quite yet.
1: With all the new COVID rescue package that Biden just passed, uh, it changed and clarified uh, a lot of the federal stuff. We have our stimulus coming. They're not uh, taxing the first 10,200 of unemployment, but we don't know what the states are doing yet. Like, every state has to say whether... Are they doing the same thing? Are they doing something different? So, for example, California doesn't tax unemployment, so that's a non-issue. But a lot of our clients in New York, New York does tax all your unemployment. So are they going to do the same thing that the federal is doing and not tax 10200 Or are they going to tax all of it? So we're just waiting to hear from them. So for everybody listening, we're just in a holding pattern waiting to hear what New York is doing. I I think Cuomo's busy right now.
0: This isn't his top priority at the moment. I don't know what
1: Cuomo is focusing on right now.
0: I don't think we want to know.
1: It's probably gross. He probably deletes his browser every time he focuses on stuff. Stop
0: something. focusing on that. It's
1: inappropriate. Please just decide what to do on unemployment, Cuomo.
0: Okay, so our guests this week, Miles Kane and Elizabeth McDonough, um... Are they are new friends of mine? I had not met them before. Uh, we started talking to them for this podcast, but uh, you uh, have known them for a few years. Do you want to tell us, yeah, how you came into their lives and vice versa?
1: Yeah, I met them about probably six or seven years ago, and I was, you know, they uh, just needed their taxes done. So we ended up working together, and Miles casually mentioned that he had about eighty thousand dollars in IRS debt and very calm and composed. And, um, so I kind of always like, I asked a few questions, but we're like, okay, let's get this return done. we will be good. Um, and then, so we had worked together a couple of times and then, you know, suddenly I start realizing, seeing a GoFundMe for, you know, his liver is failing. He needs to find a liver transplant or, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the end of everything. Uh. So, you know, so that was a a huge ordeal, um, for, for months and, you know, they needed $60,000 from GoFundMe to cover the medical expenses. And so really that was, you know, the only thing that mattered. And then, you know, luckily they got a liver transplant and things were looking okay. And, uh, you know, I, I reached out and just, I thought it'd be a, a good gift to go back over those years and, um, you know, file a lot of those returns that he hadn't filed and, you know, get that tax debt down and get it into one number and mostly just to make it into a manageable thing that he could just pay down instead of just this. It felt like a, like a looming cloud that followed him around. And so, yeah. Um,
0: so that was what we did. Yeah. So you just went back through, was it like all, how many years was it that you guys had to,
1: uh, and
0: was it refiling we, or?
1: Uh, yeah. Some of it was filing for, this, for the first time. I think we probably did some amendments as well because he had either done them himself through TurboTax or um, just gotten some help from people that didn't really talk to him or, you know,
0: to like find know what out his what industry the reality was. Like. was. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So whatever he gave them, they were like, all right, whatever. Uh, and, so, yeah, we just went back, you know, we probably filed six or seven years and got the $80,000 of debt down to like, you know, low thirties. Um,
0: and that's and like the got, assessment was down from 80 to 30, like not paid down <laughs> any amount. Through, right, right, right.
1: Like, that it. was without paying anything. That was yeah. just what the IRS expected from him. Lowered from by $50,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, just imagine, I was almost like took the, the like, I have a second chance at life, things that you see people go through. And I was like, another like 5%, I felt like would be having all this tax stuff settled. I felt like in the same ilk, but like of no way near the same level.
0: It's very um, funny to like, still have $30,000 of tax debt and be like, this is your new lease on life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: And they're like, I feel light as a bird with this $30,000. I mean, um, I'm just in the clouds. Um
0: 30, and, feet.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I really like them as people and he was, he was so calm with it and yeah, just, just was, was okay living through it and not a miserable person. But, um, just from what he had told me, I'm like, I think this could be a lot better. I don't think this has to be this bad. Um, I don't, I, I think, I think the story you're living through is worse than it needs to be. And so let's. Let's go through the process of unearthing everything we can and see if we can make it better.
0: Yeah. Well, and you did it. Uh, Yeah. And they certainly, (laughs) I mean, I had a lot of fun getting to know them just through this and we're very lucky that they, um, yeah, were willing to talk about the story and tell us uh, their experience of it. So that's what we have for you here today. Here's our conversation with Miles and Zeff.
2: Probably right around the time I met you, I I had been um, a freelance filmmaker, editor, etc. for about ten years, and um, my my troubles had started pretty much right off the bat. Like after my first full year post college working as an editor for the BBC, um, you know, unofficially as a as a freelancer, um, which. At that point in my life, um, previous jobs had included um, house painting, uh, dishwashing, uh, a sweet lawn mowing gig at a, a neighbor's house. Um, so my my sort of sense of money and finances, even taxes, was I get some money. I mean, I did. So I did have a few official jobs where I got a paycheck and taxes were taken out. But we're talking about like. I was a camp counselor one summer. So, so my sense was like, I, I get some money, some money doesn't get given to me. So yeah, I basically had a very narrow sense of what, uh, finances and taxes were a very narrow sense. Um, and so I sort of, um, bounded into adult life. Uh, I was actually pretty excited because I got this, you know, pretty good editing job out of school, um, working on this BBC news program and working a lot. And I don't know, getting paid $25 an hour. And for that first year, I I was so caught up in, in just uh, managing a successful life and proving that I was, could be independent. Um, you know, the, the idea of what I was being paid and more importantly, that no taxes were being taken out of that. And, um, it was a, it was a complete blind spot. So I basically got hit with, with the shock of, you know, the end of year, um, 1099 form. Yeah. So I don't, and don't even know that. I have to ask that just <laughs> 20 years later. I'm like, is it a 1099? Well,
1: or? to me, that's just bad branding. If someone repeatedly engages with something and doesn't yeah. remember it, like that's on them. Yeah. How did you yeah. find that out? Like, what was that experience that first year? Or, you know, did you do your taxes yourself? Like, you just get this form in the mail. And very often that's how people find out or it begins the story of, oh, what is this thing? And then that leads them down this tale that arrives at, I have a huge bill that I didn't know about from this impenetrable, like, infinite force that can just put me in jail or take all my money.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'll a snail mail too. Like, yes.
1: Yeah. Just, I'll point. just get a
3: letter. That's like, you're going to jail now. <laughs> I, know, I never We'll
1: be, be there in mail. 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please go answer your door. We're outside here to take you to jail.
2: And they also say famously, you know, I think that the IRS, you know, doesn't call you, you know, to, to yeah. make clear that scammers are the only ones who call you. But in some ways I'm like, that would be a lot I mean, I, you can obviously call the IRS, but yeah, the getting, I just got a, a cold hard letter in the mail and, um, it said I owed $12,500. And wow, I you actually
3: was, remember that number. Or are you making that up?
2: It was around that. Yeah. Wow. Cause I was going to, I was going to round it down to 10, but I, I knew it was more, I think it was around there and, and it, I was baffled, but I, I, truthfully i can't remember that first year if i if i i don't think i got an accountant so i must have tried to kind of you know work my way through it uh getting a form online or something and then but most importantly i had zero dollars of that Mm 1250 um so yeah i just kind of filled out the form and dropped it in the mail and ran from the mailbox and hoped... I, I Yeah, I, I was so shocked by it. I mean, I think I, w- I talked to some friends about it, but I wasn't really getting a clear answer. I, I certainly wasn't maybe seeking out a clear answer as as responsibly as I could, but I was kind of... Yeah, I think I'll, uh, definitely shocked by the number, but equally, which I think was the other important part, I, I was kind of shamed. I was like, I don't really want to tell tell people I made a mistake. Clearly, this is what I'm thinking. I, I made a horrible mistake. I should have known. Now I'm, I'm, I'm in more debt than I've almost than I've made in my life, you know, to this year. So it was just like the, the, the size of the number and um, and the ignorance combined um, really snowballed over the next decade. I mean, there were various Half interventions and trying some accountants, but the issue was, I got I got started behind, you know.
1: Yeah, I I think very often, and it sounds like this is what you experienced. I'm sweating, by the way,
2: and it's not because of the temperature. (laughs) You really are. I'm having like a sense memory. I'm like having hot flashes
1: of of that moment. I don't know, but I am
2: I am having a cold sweat, so I'm thinking it must be. you know, I'm bringing up this, this anxious, uh, ta- I, I hate tax talk. So, um, thanks for having me on.
3: <laughs> is, is that the end? Is he done? <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like, I, he can't handle. <laughs> I can't handle anymore.
1: And so that first year, and then was it just a snowball effect? Of- yeah.
2: I mean, it was a combo of, of having that debt now sort of hanging over me, um, combined with con- now being, Slightly more aware of still somewhat unclear exactly about how um, how to calculate what I might owe, or the, I basically I had the concept of, okay, I need to take some of this money out of my check, but you know the the main issue was that the reality was that whatever salary I was making untaxed was about my New York life costs.
1: Yeah. That's um, a great so, way to say it. That's and, about what you needed to live on.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I didn't have any extravagant, um, extravagant tastes. You yeah. Know, so was, it wasn't
3: like, okay, I'll have breakfast, then I'll give lunch to the IRS. <laughs> like you still need that sandwich.
2: And that's a hard way to, that's, but yeah, that's exactly where the, the clash comes. Cause you can kind of conceptualize it. But then when lunch comes around, it's like, I'm going to take this 20 and get a sandwich. It, Mm, i owe you to the irs i'll <laughs> i'll get you back and that happens for the next next 12 months
1: of lunches and then
2: you're But like, those
3: sandwiches are so good the 20 dollars ones right. especially yeah
1: they were damn good um, wait zef when did you come into all this
3: i sold him a sandwich uh, back in <laughs> no.
1: and i um, told him it was 20 dollars as a joke and yeah, he paid it he and kept i was like
3: it, yeah <laughs> Like, who is this idiot? Every Um, day I'm
1: making $9 on this one guy. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, well, Well, when did I come into the tax problem? Well,
2: Essentially, me and the tax problem
3: were the same
0: thing. (laughs) Yeah, little did I know. It sounds like, Miles, that, you know, from you saying that this is not something that you even now are super comfortable physiologically talking about, that that maybe it wasn't something (laughs) that came up right away. Is that fair? Is that true?
2: It definitely wasn't my opening line. (laughs) But um, actually, at that point, which was about 10 years into my my adventures... um, it really had turned into a, a, essentially like, trash bags in my closet, full of letters, forms. It it had really turned into like a monster at that point, which I was actively trying to bury under the floorboards. Because um, I feel like I don't I don't know if you remember when I first mentioned it to you, but I do remember you coming across the bodies.
3: Really. Like a bag full of bills, multiple bags. Where were they? In the I think I blocked the, this out. It was like
2: you know that we had that big closet downstairs. We lived in this like duplex for a few years. Right, right. I had all these like big sacks full of like, and you're like, what? What is all this? What? What is this? And I'm like, oh, it's just uh, some back taxes. Uh, some presents, letters. Christmas presents. Yeah, Don't Christmas open presents, the bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Santa Claus coming yeah. to town. It's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that was. Um, I feel like you you stumbled across those and then, kind of, shed some light, literally back onto them, and then I. That's how I remember you getting involved. This is why we have
3: a really orderly clean house now. So I can know there's nowhere for him to hide. You guys only
1: use clear trash bags.
3: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Miles,
1: I don't, I don't, this is a while ago now, but I, I recall when we met, it was in the realm of like $80,000.
2: Yeah. It was 80 something.
1: What, what was the process? Yeah. It sounds like you had reached out to other folks like at. Like you know, was I try number
3: seven? You were our last resort. I mean, trust me, we did not no. um, try number seven. You think we're friends with a lot of accountants? I mean, we. Did.
1: Well, I guess I have, I have a couple of questions. You know, Miles. As much as this stuff I understand is uncomfortable, I do find it interesting and almost and like honorable that like you were not completely silent about it. Like you said, you were talking to friends when it first started. Like when we talked about it. I couldn't tell from how forthcoming you were if you had just gotten to a place of kind of resigned acceptance where you were open to help or if this was something you hadn't mentioned to anybody like in four years or what was that experience like?
2: Yeah, I think I think as it, as it grew and grew, I definitely um, slowly succumbed to the weight of it and sort of also what started the first year just continued uh, this idea of well now I definitely I can, there's no way I, I can just get on top of this so mm-hmm. it got it got kind of into student loan area where it's this abstract thing that it's like you know what, what does it even mean I guess I'll just I'll keep trying to pay it off and also for the for most of my 20s I was freelance which I did have a consistent gig for a bunch of years but then there were some slow periods you know where i was like maybe because basically after my first year i did in earnest try to save um you know in my savings account which is like you know really uh, just like a horrible setup because it's like good intentions like i'll put this money over here which is essentially just one click away from your checking and again when you need that sandwich you're like, I'm going to trans. you know, it's, it's just endless IOUs, you know? Um, so yeah, I had basically probably around when I met you, I maybe had just transitioned mercifully into my first staff position, which really I think helped me out cause it was like a stopgap for about five years where I, I was actually getting kind of, you know, a proper, um, taxed income and health insurance both which were essential at that period of my life so yeah that was probably it may maybe that was also around the time with the help of Elizabeth aka Zeph that I kind <laughs> of actually had a little bit of perspective for the first time because I wasn't the water had stopped pouring in so it was like yeah, okay yeah. now I've got now I can actually see this thing and like I still have, I'm crippled by the thought of how I deal with this, but okay, let me start thinking about how to, you know, unwind this, this huge ball of yarn, you know? Um,
3: well, and to your credit, Russ, I feel like you guys definitely led the charge in terms of like, you saw that we were kind of like in trouble.
2: I think basically shortly after we met you, we started getting our taxes, our, our current taxes for that year. Done by you for like a year or two, and I feel like I probably had, or maybe both of us had, kind of let a little, a few details slip about. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a back tax, you know, eighty thousand
3: in debt. <laughs> Excuse me,
2: eighty <80K. laughs> k. Um, so I think we had kind of like hinted at it, but I, I think we didn't until yeah, I had this this more than health scare. I had a a liver transplant pretty unexpectedly and thankfully I had proper health insurance so that nullified any debt that would have happened from that. And I got a lot of help from friends and family. But after that, I think you, yeah, sort of, I feel like unprompted or you at this point knew and you said, could I help and like take a look at that? your problem you went through basically all of my tax history and you know famously knocked it from like 80 something k down to
1: 36k
3: yeah i'm like um i really hope we don't get re-audited after this interview (laughs)
1: Um, some of the statutes are limitations of us. Oh, okay,
3: good. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's weird to have as like a side story, like, oh yeah, you had a liver transplant. And <laughs> right. I, I remember just knowing about that and like just thinking about how necessary like a GoFundMe was like to continue living. Um, And I, I think you also, yeah, I think we had talked during that of like, you know, the idea of going through all that and needing another... However much that GoFundMe was sixty thousand dollars or something for medical bills, and having to think of like, am I going to get taxed on this?
2: Which also, yeah, it was like you know all the. I mean, it was this amazing swell of of family, friends, acquaintances, people you know contributing fifty The Harry Potter <laughs> community. <laughs> the Harry Potter community is that real? Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> yes, that's very real. Um,
2: the juggling community
3: all of miles's cool past came to serve us in (laughs) that moment yeah Um, as many cool hobbies
2: but you know all these people donated this this money and it was like yeah kind of a crazy thought about like is a third of of their donations going to be taken away like that seems like a weird sort of punishment against yeah not even me but against them like i would have phrased the the gofundme differently like third a, th- a third of you are just <laughs> for taxes but thank you but thank advance. you anyway yeah. it just doesn't seem quite right yeah only um,
3: two-thirds of you are actually saving my life yeah so <laughs> thank, thank
2: them <laughs> and i assume their their donations were tax exempt but you know who knows like with uh, what GoFund... did happen
3: with that i don't no, know gofundme
1: don't know. is not a 5013c so it's not a it's not deductible to the giver but right. that was at a pretty early, What, what when was that? 2018? That was
3: 2013. Did, did we have to pay taxes on it?
1: No, I, I no. mean, we, I did a lot of research because this, um, we also deal a lot with Kickstarter. And so the IRS says anything you do that has a for profit motive, which obviously getting delivered, not really, but they're going to consider that income and taxable income. But a, Discussion with stuff like crowdfunding is like, what's the actual exchange? And even if it is a potentially for profit, like, are people actually giving an amount of money that's reasonable given what they're getting? So, like, if my grandma normally gives me $100 and this year she gives me my $100 to my Kickstarter and I give her a virtual high five, like, she didn't buy anything for her $100. Like, but the IRS is saying that's taxable, and we are making the case that no, I think that's a gift that she just stuck into this account, um, and so it's so that's what we did with the with the GoFundMe was essentially say like nothing was exchanged, like these people were given like know like they're just freely giving money it's just a weird new idea that strangers are giving large amounts of money not strangers but not your family are giving you sixty thousand dollars quickly and part of that is because there is no safety net and so we need these things um yeah so we went back and refiled and put in your expenses and got it down to thirty six thousand or something yeah i think what hits me when people discuss back taxes is just i don't I can sense the weight they're carrying, and I don't even know... It seems like they're so used to it that I don't even know if they sense the weight they're carrying from debt. And I guess that's just maybe debt. I think we just get used to living with that, but it is a drain on our psyche. And so yeah. my, I thought that would... I don't know, we made you some like funny cards and stuff <laughs> and gave to the GoFundMe, but yeah, I thought that would be a a fresh start to to at least get it down to one number. I think a lot of what's scary about back taxes is that it's just this unknown growing beast. And at right. least if you can get it down to one number and start paying it off, it seems it's you suddenly realize it's finite. Like, this is going to end. Like, if you keep paying $400 a month for, you know, this many years, it'll be over, and you don't have to think about it anymore.
2: Right. And, yeah, once you get it down to a certain amount the those that payment schedule can seem tangible as well because when you're dealing i mean the 80,000 you know they're like how much can you pay a month um you know i'm like $50 they're like no you know that's going to take you like 85 years yeah and i'm like okay you know but i mean they they wouldn't they also have a limited amount you can like. They don't want you paying for eighty years, so they're like, yeah, you've got to pay at least three hundred. They're months. like,
3: sign this paper ensuring us you'll live to <laughs> one <Or>, hundred <laughs> and sixty,
1: or or your next of kin.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep, keep working. working. Yeah, um, I think yeah.
1: when you got the W two job, I think we increased your withholding to take extra, and then we're using that as a way to save for taxes because they'll just take your refunds until you're paid right. off, right? Um, and that's just such an easier way. It's so much easier to never be given the money than to need to, than have to take the money and allocate it through pure will to give, to be ready to give in taxes, especially when you're 23. Like, right.
0: I mean, it is so crazy that like employment has become such a, uh, I mean, it's not a given. (laughs) And it used to be, you know, like there's, Mm reasons why employers obviously don't want to carry a ton of payroll, especially if they have like shifting rules. But by not having people on payroll, uh, they are hugely advantaging, you know, themselves by just being like, here, we'll give you this amount and you take care of it. Whereas then the individuals are absorbing so much responsibility that traditionally has been carried by employers and that should be carried by employers if you're doing work for them. And and sometimes, you know, by uh, the labor department's rules, it should be a job job that you're doing. If they're telling you where to show up, you know, right. to work with their equipment, to do, you mm-hmm. know, like what they're telling you to do on their deadlines, the way that they want you to do it. Um, you know, and sometimes that's a, a flexible, that's not always the case, but when it is, that should be a job. <laughs> like they should be paying their half of, uh, of, the, uh, social security and Medicare tax that otherwise goes to you for your responsibility when you're a, a contractor. I feel like the shift has been, uh, happening pretty aggressively. And so many people are, are on 1099s and doing 1099 work who should be, uh, yeah. On W2s.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was, I felt like I was gifted my, my supervisor, um, you know, I work one year at this job as a freelancer, uh, which was the general way of working there. And then he said, I think, I, I think I can get you a, a staff position, you know? And it was like, Oh my God. But it was even awkward because then a bunch of my colleagues were still left in the, you know, the other category. So yeah, it's, it is weird that that's, and the freelance taxes, don't, don't you get taxed? a higher percentage, or is that, you, is that just what it seems? It is
0: a higher percentage because then you are the uh, both the employee and the employer, and so that 7.5% that you pay for Social Security and Medicare as an employee that your employer matches, uh, uh, you absorb that and then it's 15%. And so that's why self-employment tax is 15%, whereas as an employee, you're just paying 7.5% towards yeah Social Security and Medicare. but what you can do a lot easier as a freelancer that you cannot do as, uh, as someone on W-2, at least now not on a federal level, is take your expenses against your income and reduce the amount that uh, the profit is all that you pay tax on. So, you know, if you were to earn $10,000 uh, as an employee, then that's what you made, that's what you pay taxes on. If you are to earn that same amount as, uh, as a freelancer on contract, getting a 1099, you can be like, well, here are my expenses that I had in order to make that money. And now I only have, you know, $6,000 left as my profit. And so even though it's a higher percentage, uh, it's applied to a smaller amount.
3: Did that change under Trump? I thought I remembered hearing that we were going to get screwed on that. What happened with Trump tax
1: changes was they got rid of the part of the tax return where you can take expenses related to your W-2 job.
0: So you used to be able to write stuff off. Right, freelancers can still do what freelancers did of yeah mm-hmm. of writing off their their expenses. But it used to be the case that on a W two job, you also you had to get up over a couple thresholds in order for it to actually count. Um, but you were as a uh, as an employee able to take unreimbursed employee expenses um, that could help lower your your taxable amount. And now you can still do that in states. I don't know if it's is it like all states or just some states? No, just certain it? states. Yeah. But yeah. on a federal level, you're not allowed to take anything there.
1: So it affected a lot for, for Line to a lot of uh, actors because they are W-2 employees because SAG did a good job of getting them to be in a union. And, but then the taxes changed and they had no, like, they still have their manager, their agent, and so they have to pay them
0: lawyer, but they manager.
1: don't get to write them off on the on the taxes. So if you made a hundred thousand dollars and you paid out twenty-five thousand to your manager, agent, lawyer, you're still paying taxes on a hundred thousand dollars.
3: Really? That's what's up right now?
1: Yeah, that's that's the change from the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, which are the Trump tax changes. And that's why a lot of actors Honestly, I thought maybe the industry would change. I guess that was very naive of me.
3: Mm. <laughs> so well, it I has. Like, I mean, now there is no industry. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had COVID come to just give a break.
3: Yeah, <laughs> clean slate. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, we had a lot of we had we had a lot of actors in, uh, who had to incorporate because it's like over a certain threshold. If you are, if your choices are W two or become a corporation, and you have high expenses, at a certain point, it just makes sense to deal with the annoyance of becoming a corporation, just so you can take advantage of those high expenses that you can't get rid of.
0: Steph, when you found the bodies, were you like, <laughs> oh, I've had something, you know, that I've I've had trouble with taxes before, or, uh, or like, was it something completely new to you because you haven't dealt with something like that?
3: Yeah. I mean, my approach up to that point had basically been to not earn any money. Um...
1: <laughs> it works. Solid. <laughs> Solid.
3: <laughs> um yeah, I mean I was in like my mid 20s or whatever around this time, mid late 20s and um yeah, so, you know, Miles's tax debt was a larger number than I'd ever earned in a year. Mm. He owed that much, you know. My I I have student loan debt, which is its own, you know, beast and I definitely like I chastised Miles for like sweeping stuff under the rug. But meanwhile, I basically had the equivalent amount of debt and student loans, like neatly tucked in a cabinet. Um, But yeah, so I, but as Miles was saying earlier, like I kind of oriented to that money as like such an abstract figure. I just don't even count it as, you know, anything that I will ever deal with (laughs) also it's it's similar to what miles was experiencing with his taxes in the sense that like part of what was so fucked about miles's total was one as you said Russ they had been filed for the highest amount by the government but then also there were these fines and fees that he had been accruing so that was yeah. like making it you know exponentially higher and same with student loans where like you know i was definitely in a situation where i was paying money towards my student loan every month for many many years and the number was just getting higher so um
2: yeah, that's demoralizing for sure.
3: Yeah, totally. Right. I think that's really that's its own thing with student loans, but demoralizing is is the right word. Um Yeah, it, it's it, it is. It's that same algorithm of
1: like part of us that's rational and like sees the numbers, like sees that like this is infinite.
3: Right. If You're we like, keep going <laughs> What's the difference between me sending this check to you and throwing it in a garbage can on the street? Like
1: Like I'm not making I'm not making any ground.
3: Yeah, like, exactly.
1: I'm just barely, I don't know, getting less not out of control or something. I I think that's, I think that's what it is when it becomes insurmountable of like, and I, I'm sure if I understand, like there, there's gotta be like a a math line where like, if your debt is this high and you only make this much, like you'll never get over the hill. Mm. Like you'll always just be pushing. And I, I think with like Miles's debt. Like, I, I think that was roughly what you were earning in a year, like yeah, pre-taxes. So it's like, well, I can't not buy anything for a year <laughs> and get this done. Like, right. Like, it feels impossible. So I feel like we just kind of like grin and bear it, or you're just like, I have to put this out of my head and just keep going because like day to day I have to function. Um, but Yeah.
3: And I think the other thing was with the Miles's number, like we didn't have any concept of like um and as we've said like the communication with the IRS it's like getting letters from a pen pal at war or something you know it's so one sided and you have no control over you know you're just getting this information so like it, for us it was just like oh he has to pay this amount of money and so the whole concept you introduced to us of like these numbers were arrived at in this way by the IRS and we can actually contest them and show you know what i mean like the whole refiling concept we didn't even know was possible so that was like you know sorry i'm gonna say it miles hates this term a game changer
0: do you really hate that term
3: <laughs> it's very overused uh, yeah. that that
2: and um, it is what it is yeah we are it anti it, is. it is
3: what it is my in our
2: god house.
3: yeah
0: but sometimes um,
2: <laughs> it is <this. laughs> i prefer I, if i have to make that that very you know existential point i'd say say la vie exactly at least it. make it it's european classier, yeah it's just mm-hmm.
3: have a little class I don't speak that
0: does French, elevate it
3: yeah absolutely. yeah totally yeah or K oh yeah
2: that's above my pay grade but i, I am <laughs> i'm down with Say la vie i can that that'll slip out See, like,
3: you know, that's so IRS, right? Like, the IRS would never send you an envelope that said, like, you know, K on it. It would be like, it is what it is. You know, like, this I mean, is the rebranding that they need. Agency. Yeah. No, no, like but a trucker they need hat. a little yeah. romance. I think we need to bring in, like, some French influence. Yeah. I mean,
2: I will say that I, I do think that the IRS, it seems maybe is trying to be a little more customer friendly on the phone. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still it's still a roll of the dice, but I've had, I'd say, more pleasant interactions in the last few years, which I don't know if that's...
1: I don't, I don't know exactly when it changed, but yeah, I generally find whenever... I mean, I was on with several people yesterday, and it's hard to get the right person, but they're each nice.
2: I remember, yeah, I had one. The worst one I had did... It felt... It was very aggressive, and it felt like the most sort of mafia mm-hmm. ask that the IRS can be. Yeah. He maybe had a cigar in his mouth while he was talking to me. And it was like, so what are we going to do here? He made a decision. And I'm like, you know, it was very much like, it's like, if you hang up the phone and you haven't made a decision, that's it. And it was like, oh, okay. Okay. How much? <laughs> He's like, we can't do less than 450. I'm like, I, I don't think I can afford that <laughs> each month. He's like, your decision, live or die.
3: He's like, keep I in mind, I know the tomato stand you work at. <laughs> um, yeah, but you yeah. shouldn't be allowed to, like, if you fit the description of, like, background actor in a Scorsese film, you shouldn't be allowed to work at the IRS.
2: Yeah, but that was, I think that was the standout. But other other than that, it's yeah, it's been, I've had some very good, like, calm like friendly people who are like what can I help you know let's let's figure this out and try to give me as much information that's um, that's
0: been my experience that there's like some dissonance between yeah like the whoever's writing the letters <laughs> or coming up mm-hmm. with that form and then like the people who you you get on the phone because yeah I've had lovely conversations so is the debt gone now
2: no but it was um and i think I'm, I'm back in a little bit of debt
0: at one point you were
2: at one point actually also from this from this film voyeur on netflix if you haven't seen it check it out i from the early earnings of of some of of some of that um i was able to put a lump sum towards the and you know the the ending amount of the tax debt that russ had helped me whittle down and that was quite a um i mean i i, I think that's still keeping me going the um sort of high and and just you know flooding in of self-worth yeah. that um came back to me you know it's <laughs> like it really no it that's really real. was like it was crazy because yeah it. at at certain point, it felt so infinite and insurmountable that, yeah, it just becomes kind of not only reality in the present, it becomes the future, you know? So you just kind of think this is an immovable object, you know? So the fact that it was like gone, I mean, I, I remember doing the last payment, I guess, over the phone with, with uh tax agent and she took it and gave me like the confirmation number, and then I was like, "Okay, so now, now what do we do?" And she's like, "If there's nothing else, uh, that's it. You're you're done." And I mean, I I couldn't hang up the phone. I kept being <laughs> like, "Right, but now what?" Like,
1: it's like you had subconsciously been on this phone call for seventeen years, for <laughs> however long it had been. You're like. You mean we just hang up now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> been on the phone for years. <laughs> yeah, can we just
3: keep talking till we fall asleep?
1: <laughs> what was that duration from like, so I mean, it started essentially right after school, 22, 23 to?
2: Like 35. Mm-hmm. I think I paid it off, yeah, around my 35th year. Um,
1: so about 12 years, and now you, you sold a movie and now found an error that
0: you didn't know was coming. And
1: so now there's more taxes owed. And can you talk about how that feels differently? I mean, part of it is like, I feel like as we get older, we understand that things will change, which is harder to understand when it's the biggest numbers you've ever seen in your 23, but, but also having gone through this experience.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, um, definitely I'm, uh, more, uh, acquainted with the, Internal Revenue Service. Uh, okay. Know a few people okay. by their first names. Um, think of them as family. Shout out to Danielle. Okay. <laughs> Tony, you really twisted my arm that one time. Um, but yeah, so I still find the letters completely indecipherable aside from the big, bold number. It's just like, do we need all this info? You know, I mean, so, but. I'm used to that, so I I don't find myself getting, like, flabbergasted by it. You know, um, one, it's a much smaller number. I mean, I think it's, like, 10 or 12,000 total. But it just, like, it feels like, well... Maybe I could pay it off in some lump sum somewhere down the road if, you know, I, I whatever, start making more money or
1: Yeah, a job comes through, something yeah. sells. So yeah. there's like
2: various things. Um and and there is an element like going back to the shame factor of, you know, uh this time it really was like nothing of my doing like contributed to it. It was just this like oversight from an accountant on the part and, of the
3: accountant. Not
1: yeah. me. Not, not Russ. <laughs> no i feel like accountants are very prone i don't know why to like throw each other under the bus like <laughs> like every accountant thinks the way they do it is right and everybody else is like well, what what is this guy doing this is you know
3: which is so funny because like at the end of the day it's math right like it how- should be math but,
1: you, what, but once you're dealing with expenses, you're in the gray area. Mm. And then like the it's thing that art. I'm sure got messed up on his like the partnership return or whatever you were doing like mm-hmm. is could be such a deep level thing where it's like, oh, I was just interpreting it this way. Or I like we've made errors like where it's just like, oh, like we were just moving the mouse onto that window and this box got clicked that you're a paper boy.
3: Oh, my God. Dream so come it true. completely
1: changed your taxes. Yeah. And it's like to the to the client, they're like, they're like, what are you doing? What are you paying attention to? We're just like, we just it just was a click. So I don't want to say like, that's a bad accountant just because they made a mistake. Like, I actually have thought of like on our the brass taxes website, like making a list of all our mistakes oh and what we did. Oh
3: no! Russ, like what I don't we did to that's... fix
1: them but it's like it's the kind of thing where i was like i feel like everybody goes to a new accountant because like this last guy made me a paper boy i fixed it <laughs> but then this involves humans so to say there's not going to be any mistakes is ridiculous but yeah that's that's the other thing
2: similar to your point about like the subjective nature i feel like i'm just remembering when i was really in the the throes of confusion and fear in my twenties, you know, I, how many times I heard from friends or co everyone had a guy and they're like, Oh, you got to use this. I've got this accountant. He makes, you know, he makes everything go away. You know, he like the expenses, like he'll, he knows how to do it. Yeah. He knows how to do it. And it's like, I never did go to the, the guy, but, um, That was always so confusing too. It was like, you know, further sort of confirming that I was definitely doing it wrong. It was like, what? You're such a putz, man. What? Oh, you pay taxes? (laughs) You mean you're not getting a refund? And I'm like, no, I owe 80K. And they're like, holy shit, what a loser. You're doing
1: it wrong. Yeah, they're. Yeah,
2: you're doing it wrong. And it was like, trust me, I know I'm doing it wrong.
1: The aversion to feeling like a sucker is so strong that like when people think other people aren't paying taxes and so you're a sucker for paying taxes yeah it creates a huge aversion and uh yeah i forget what country the client was from um that i was working with but they they were like they were like where i'm from like we have a saying that only the stupid pay taxes because like everybody else knows how to get out of it. Nice and,
2: translation, but yeah, you, you yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. I feel sensible. like he was.
1: I feel like he was Greek, and I was like, yeah, but look at Greece right now. Like <laughs> that's what happens when nobody pays taxes. Right. <laughs> like, right. Um, well,
2: even our, you know, I don't want to say his name, but the the former president. In Voldemort. Quotes, yeah. Um, you know, even the news about. I mean, yeah. just as an example of what we all know the, the rich do. It's just yeah. like. Oh my God, he paid like, you know, whatever, a yeah. uh, 1 16th of what I paid. And like, let's look at our, you know, just, and, but then the knowledge that, I mean, in his case, it does seem like there's a lot of uh, criminality, but let's take like a more legit version of like the rich avoiding taxes. And it's like, no, no, they're, they're playing ball exactly to the rules. Yeah. Like just,
1: Amazon, GE, yeah, Apple. They just know yeah. how to do it, which yeah. even
2: further, it's like, Yeah, they just know how to like. I don't know, so I just pay. I'm I'm an idiot.
1: Yeah, I I I hadn't thought about this till now when you were talking it, but like I'm just I would I'm kind of curious. Did it ever occur to you? Because it never occurred to me to like offshore accounts. (laughs) Yeah, I thought about them. What are the Caymans? Um, (laughs) Like that to like be angry that you were paid on a 10.99 for you know, $60,000 at 23 when Caroline's right, you were probably an employee. It was just the nature of the business and a lack of choice that it was essentially being like, Hey, if you want to be an editor here, this is how it works. And so we kind of were just like, well, all right. But like, it it never occurred to me, like if you were just paid on a W2, like how does your life look different for the next 12 years? Like, right. Because it's always simpler. You're never going to end up in that, this type of tax issue. And, but it never, it likewise never occurred to me to just be angry or be like, the system is fucked up. Your reaction was, I messed up.
3: Right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think,
2: yeah, it's like, definitely that was not, I never thought that Um, until right now. But I think the fact just that there was there, it's not like my boss was like, you know, handing me cash and being like, listen, we got, he gave me an official government form. It was like, fill this out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first year, but in every, every subsequent year, it was like, this is just how it works. I, I literally, yeah, I never stopped to question. Like, I just figured that's the way it is, you know, for a long time. But it's um, so, yeah. It, that hadn't occurred to me. If you could
3: go back, you would ask for that cold, sweaty cash, <laughs> and to just hand you Maybe, cash yeah. in a pillowcase. I'd rather,
2: yes, give me cash. At least then, then it's like I can, you know, be off. I can get
1: really shady. Can you, know? you put all this on this Starbucks gift card, <laughs> and I'll work it out from there?
2: Yeah, but
0: yeah. well, that is like, I mean, it does. When it's experienced on an individual level, you're not necessarily thinking about these larger issues that that come from the disparity of how people are paid and and uh, and the problems with, uh, yeah, the inequity in, in those decisions that that come from above that you really don't have any say in of whether you were paid ten ninety nine or W two.
2: It's it's true. It's like you're not really aware of even I had to ask, I just asked earlier in this like. So we get taxed more, right? But like, I'm not aware, I knew it was a higher tax thing, but it was like, I'm not even aware that I'm essentially just carrying the burden of these other costs, Mm -hmm. like are being put on me basically as a freelancer.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Part of that had never,
2: even that, the breakdown of that hadn't really... uh,
1: We often have clients call and ask, like, they're like, I just got a new job and they said, they asked me if I want to get paid on a 1099 or W-2. Which is weird because that's not how the law works either, but that's in a, that's right. how it actually happens sometimes. And I was like, take a W-2. And like, in addition to that you're paying lower taxes because they pay half of your Social Security and Medicare, to me, a bigger part is the responsibility of just dealing with the finances is like, cool, like, let them take the money before they give it to you. Yeah. Because... It's really hard to emotionally disassociate from money that is handed to you. They did a test where uh, they gave someone a twenty dollar bill and told them to walk across the room and hand it to that other person, and then they surveyed them. and People experienced a sense of loss, <laughs> even though they told <laughs> be- they were told before they got the twenty dollar bill, oh, you're right, just going right. to walk across the room and give it to that guy. Oh and like God. people, exp- like, when you're
0: holding it, it feels like yours. Yeah,
1: it's yours for that time. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, I, I think because it's just math, it feels like it should be much easier, but like there's so many qualifiers and constraints on our decisions day to day. And so trying to save for a year down the road is, is crazy. I forget what country it is. There's one country that that's how they pay taxes. They pay taxes once a year. Everybody does. And I just imagine culturally that they just must be great at, saving because it's in their collective conscious rather than it being but taken it's certainly out of not on pay
0: throughout the year right it's like yeah yeah the entire
1: everyone in the country yeah. yeah just knows that this is how the country functions it's like reverse christmas yeah
0: <laughs> what if it happened on, on christmas, christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
1: a guy comes around with a red suit and a bag and I a sleigh have... where do they get
3: and you put your money in the bag mm-hmm. i i actually have one other thing that i wanted to ask about mm-hmm. just cool uh, which is that like I know when, you know, trust me, I love Miles, but like when we were, when he had that tax debt, I was like, I don't, if we get married, then that means that's my debt too. Right. Is that right?
1: Uh, there are some, they're literally called like the innocent spouse rules. Um,
3: okay, that I fit that description. Go
1: on. <laughs> That's how protect, I think of myself. I've been protecting you.
3: <laughs> don't look at those bags in the closet. Yeah,
1: you don't <laughs> want to know. Yeah, so get, walk okay. away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I yeah. I, some people file separately just so they don't get their refund taken um, sucked into the to paying off the debt. Um, you can also request your portion of a refund. I think these are all possibilities i haven't dealt with it in a couple years but um yeah i I think it's more of an issue just as far as like long-term choices of like are we going to be able to buy a house like what does your credit look like i feel like you know that those are all things that can be impacted
3: because like at the time when we came to you miles was literally getting like Lean notices like letters threatening that they were going to seize his assets and i was like luckily i had done suckers (laughs) i was close yeah but but i i mean definitely that was like a few years before we got married but it was like oh could they seize my the 200 i have in my bank account right now if we were married right now and um Yeah. So I think like him being relieved of that debt, definitely not. I mean, like it was definitely nice to have that dealt with and out of our minds when we did get married that I didn't have to wonder if this meant I was like signing on for 80 grand in tax debt.
1: Yeah, I I think thinking of the IRS as like. A mafia, but like a smart mafia. Like they want to bleed you. They don't want to bury you. So as long as you're oh not <laughs> <beginning>, <laughs> Maybe
3: that, that could be part, part of their rebranding. <laughs> God, they,
0: re-brand? should, they should use... We just a little blood.
1: Bleeding you since 1823. <laughs> uh, yeah, like as long as you're on a payment plan and you're not ignoring them, like they're fine. Like they don't do anything, but it's really interesting to remember that I, for, I was working for Harvey and, uh, something happened. Like the IRS just took the money, like just empty this person's bank account. And it was like that moment where I was like, Oh, there's no limit to their power. Like they are the power. The thing that makes my bank account feel safe is them. And so if you fuck with them and they <laughs> like, you ignore them for long enough, like you just go log on and it's empty. Like there, that privacy or barrier is only maintained by the government that you're fucking with. So if they need to go over it, they or through it, they go through it. And it, it was really just an interesting moment of like, just realizing like they're, they're not cruel, but you can't ignore them and think at some point they'll go away or I don't know, suck it up or something, you know, like you have to engage. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. They don't like being ghosted.
1: Yeah. Nobody does. Millennials.
3: Yeah. That was just, that was my first time using that term. I just wanted to try it out. Um, it didn't feel natural.
1: It's a weird <laughs> word. Um, all right, cool. This was great. Um, all right. we'll edit it up and, uh, put it out in a couple hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole nation is waiting.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I hope we did a good job of telling our story. I feel like I don't know yeah, what happened. Kind
2: of yeah. Funny, but yeah. But it comes down to the Please editor.
3: Please edit it to make us sound better. And I'm yeah. a really
0: good editor. Yeah. So
3: okay, good, good. She is a great editor. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Oh my God, did I leave that in there? I don't know how that happened. So unprofessional. Anyway, I'm Caroline Craighead. This has been our show, Brass Taxes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Thank you to our guests, Miles Kane and Elizabeth Zephyrine McDonough, a.k.a. Zeph. Uh, Thanks to Russ. Thank you to you. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Take care.